Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. This week's guest is Kevin Hart, and no, it's not the one you're thinking. He is someone I grew up with and know from school. Kevin is currently a final year commerce international student in UCC. He recently finished an internship in KPMG, which we'll get into throughout the episode. Throughout his journey, he's dealt with various physical and mental challenges, learning and becoming a better person as a result. He's a highly driven individual and his prime drivers are his family and role models. Most importantly, he's a huge advocate of promoting positive mental health within communities, especially young people. Kevin is also one of Cycle Against Suicide's national student leaders. He has many diverse interests, but his main interests lie in investing, stocks, and trading. In this episode, some of the things we discuss are his top three tips for anyone started investing, dealing with challenges and how he overcame them, Kevin's reading habits, and how he managed to read two or three books a week. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. No hassle, man. No hassle. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. It's great to, as we were saying earlier, like, it's great to see someone like yourself from home, like doing something like this. And I know I reached out to you, like, which is fair enough as well. Like, but I just thought when I seen yourself doing something like this as like a guy that I grew up with in, in secondary school, mm. I thought, I have to get involved in some way and I have to contribute in some way. So it's my absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks very much for having me. No, thank you so much, Kevin. So I guess the first question I ask to all the guests is just, can you give us some context and background behind who you are and what do you do? Yeah, no bother. So basically, um, my name's Kevin Hart. I'm 21 years old from Wexford, Ireland. I'm currently going to my final year in college in UCC down in Cork. Um, I'm doing the BCom International with Italian degree. So over the last four or so years, well, yeah, going into my fourth year, I've sort of tried to get involved as, as much as I can. Um, uh, like my passions, like be sort of like, I know you had Jack and Kyle on and stuff like I, I'm hugely involved in like fitness and powerlifting, especially um, mental health and other thing. I've been involved with Psych and Suicide during secondary school, like I was a national student leader for Psych and Suicide, so they're two huge passions obviously i love reading i love cooking i love just like experiencing stuff like like travel mm. and like meeting different people is like probably at the top of my pecking order like so that's basically who i am i'm just you know your average like college student but like <laughs> i like to touch on different stuff like, i can get as much experiences as i can like so yeah, yeah. and actually before the interview we were, we were having a chat and you mentioned that you read like three or four books a week yeah and i was like what the fuck how can you read so much books yeah can you just describe like how your reading patterns and your habits yeah, and cool. what kind of books you read as well yeah so basically i am a huge advocate of self-education so i think like like formal education is, is brilliant like it, it, it has a time and a place but like i think to distinguish yourself from others it's your own self-education so as we were talking earlier on i have a huge passion for reading whether it's like soft copy hard copy books um now these can touch on a variety of stuff so on average per week i try to read at least three to four books like give or take sort of thing so the majority of time when i'm like sort of like even during the summer when i was doing my internship they were the majority of time they're on my phone so like i love to find free books on like any any type of like passion i have so like as we were saying earlier on like 
like I have a huge passion about the stock market, um, educating myself on that, um, leadership, motivation, sort of entering regards, personal resilience, mental health. Like I love sort of finding a book, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, and just sort of grasping opinions from them. So on average, like I try to get at least three or four per week. Like my reading patterns is whenever I can. So if I'm going into work in the morning on the bus, I'm scrolling through stuff. I try to pick up. If I'm at the toilet, you know, it, it yeah, sounds yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. Like you know, I try to touch him and on the way home from the gym, try again. And then obviously, whenever I can, you can't be a good hard copy. Like so, I like to go to sleep. Like like even the last week or so, like I've been like I finished my internship and being at home, and uh, every night I've just been sort of going through as many books as I can like and there's a difference between when you're reading off a screen and you're reading an actual physical book and I think it's it, it is when you start dealing with a lot of um like textual stuff through a computer or through a phone that you do eventually like realize how nice going back to a traditional book is so yeah I just basically read as much as I can whether they're Joe whether they're published or non-published sort of thing so I just try and find as much as I can basically yeah that's pretty cool yeah and like you obviously if you read three or four books a week you probably went through a good few good few books yeah. and if you were to kind of give us some three to four books that you really liked and yeah. that could help a lot of other people yeah could you just uh, name out a few books so there's one really good one that I'm reading at the moment is called Consigliere if you are in like if you are interested in leadership and what drives leaders I would definitely recommend this book another one is um like there's as regards stock market like joe warren buffett is the be all end all yeah. so like i have read a fair few books on that um there's one book in particular that i read not too long ago it's called warren buffett um the blueprint of success i think it is mm-hmm. that's another really good book and it's a fantastic book if you are looking to get into the stock market but you sort of don't have too much time sort of thing to look into all the papers and stuff that have been published or like study indices and stuff like that if you are looking to get into it 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 is a brilliant book because it comes the basis of the book not to get too in depth it comes from his memoirs and from his letters that he's written to shareholders within his company so um the book itself focuses on like different periods of time throughout recessions booms everything and it basically zones in on the average person like like what you want out of the stock market if you're looking to go into it so if you want to just throw 500 quid a thousand quid into it and leave for 20 years and try and make the best return as possible like it'll tell you how to do that or if you want to be day trading where you're trying to make upwards of anywhere from like 20 quid to 10 grand a day it'll tell you how to do that as well but again the nice thing about it it shows you the pros and cons so if you are looking to go into the stock market like as a sole trader instead of using a stockbroker, you'll have no commission and stuff like that you're paying through the stockbroker, but you will have that added risk that you don't know as much as them sort mm. of thing. So like it's nice in that way that it sort of gives you a bit of insight into it. And then the final book I'd recommend is called Chaos Monkeys. So that book sort of zones in on Silicon Valley and sort of the way the tech bubble started which i find extremely interesting um obviously you know yourself like 20 years ago there wasn't even this there wasn't even podcasts exactly like that. yeah so that zones in on 
there's it zones in on a few different people and they're start off in the tech bubble like in different companies like facebook amazon apple and it shows just the internal politics how each company has grown how silicon valley itself has grown and sort of the effects of it so like positive and negative so if you are interested in tech that's another great book and then again like i don't restrict myself to just stuff that's folks in my career like i love reading autobiographies like about sports people whether it's sir alex ferguson or ron nagar or somewhere like that mm. because i find where, where you're reading something like that that you you might have a passion about that like it's a pastime that you like you actually can draw a lot of that like the leadership qualities and like the the motivation behind people like this that have done well and like picking pieces like that from different types of books and implementing it into your own life like you know once you do start seeing the difference doing stuff that other people do like it's crazy it's phenomenal even myself now from like when i started off in college and that's when i started reading really properly joe really properly because before that like i was like joe the average teenager might read a book here and there for half the life but from the start of college i've just gone hell to letter reading and the stuff i've learned from it is absolutely phenomenal so i definitely recommend looking into them three books if you are interested in reading and like especially for developing your own career um but then again like there's millions and billions of books out there like just hmm. like it's not that hard to pick something that you're going to find interesting like, you know so like for people that are listening like i definitely say just like spend even half an hour per day looking into different book titles and reading a short synopsis on them and see is it something you're interested in is it not so that's that's what i think anyway yeah i'd also like to add on that like a lot of people think uh, okay when i get a book you should finish it but i, I disagree i think you should like uh, look through it look through it like kevin said look at the introduction look at the conclusion and find bits that you find interesting and then if you want to stop just stop find a new book but i think just the eagerness to learn and eagerness to read different books i think that's really important and also like i think books are such a bargain life i've said this before but like this is someone's someone's thoughts into into kind of a paper version i guess and you can literally download the information into your brain like how cool is that like how cool is that and you get that for like what 15 euro or less which is amazing yeah the thing is as well like these people these authors yeah they have pumped years and years of research and mm. study and their opinions into this book that might be like you know 12 centimeters thick yeah like like why would you not try to drain in some of that knowledge into your own life into your own lifestyle like because like you're you're basically like in college like you read up on academic papers some academic papers you have to pay for you're basically getting an academic paper on a certain subject in a book that's completely free to you if you want like so i think like whether you like reading or you don't it is necessary to like do well so mm. yeah yeah and you know so most of the books you read were kind of well not not most but like i say well just from what you name down the mostly like a uh, stock market related so if you could give us three tips for the people who don't actually want to go out there and read stock market books three biggest lessons that you learned from the stock market books and um, that you read uh yeah if you, if any comes to mind okay so a bit of sort of background as regards the stock market i sort of been trying my hand at it since i was about 16 years old so i'm 21 years old now the biggest thing that i have learned from both books and own experiences is do not be afraid to make mistakes so a lot of people when they're looking to invest they want to make money extremely quickly 
And I can tell you for one thing, if you're looking to go into the stock market and you're looking to make money quickly, you might as well, you might as well not go into yeah. it because it just does not happen like that. It, it really doesn't. Like, And a lot of people, especially in the recession, lost an extreme amount of money on the stock market because they panicked. Because they didn't have proper knowledge about what was going on. Because they're going through a stockbroker that, well, like not all stockbrokers are bad, but like some stockbrokers sort of short sold people, and they sort of they're looking at commission instead. And then when the market dropped, instead of saying lads wait it out, you know the market's going to pick up again, they're like quick sell, quick sell, quick sell, just get rid of them. So I'd say number one tip is educate yourself. Definitely educate yourself because if you're going into like it's your money like you you work however many hours a week you don't want to throw that money away <laughs> you really don't like we work hard enough like I, I read thing recently like irish workers are the most productive all over the world which is like like when you're working that hard for the wage you're bringing in you do not want to put into something where you're thinking you're making money and three months later you mysteriously lose money so number one tip is educate yourself second tip that i've learned from the books and from experience is if you're investing in something, make sure you understand the company. So the biggest mistake that people make, they might they they hear a company like Johnson and Johnson, which is like it's a stall mark in the stock market, like it's a blue chip stock, does really well and stuff, but they don't understand what the company does. And if you don't understand what the company does and bad press comes out about the company and the stock price drops, like you're gonna panic. Like it's just it's it's natural to do. But if you understand that company, you understand their values, you understand their five, ten year goals and you have faith in that company, you will do well. Simple as. So definitely second tip is understand the company you're investing in. And I say the third and final tip is I'd say try to diversify your portfolio because like if you're looking at one sector in particular and you are pumping all your money into that sector, like bad news happens recessions happen you don't want to see your whole portfolio to suddenly drop so what i like to do is i like to diversify my my portfolio so at the moment i have as we were saying before we started the podcast um um i have my five recession proof stocks so there's there's stocks that throughout recession like historically they've done well so like in the US, say you look at like Walmart, like so in recession, people have less disposable income. They're eating out less. They're cooking at home more. So they're buying more groceries, which is driving up Walmart's profits. So I will always have like a base few companies that have been and will be recession proof. But then again, like I like to diversify myself into new markets. Your traditional markets like real estate or some like if your goal is to own property. Like that first step of owning property is look into real estate investment trusts. They're called REITs. And what they are is basically they're a collective company that buys real estate, rents it out, sells it on, which is what most landlords do. So if you're looking into getting into property, I would definitely start there. And like these guys, like REITs, they usually have the highest dividend yield. So if you are looking for disposable income coming in every quarter or every month or whatever, they're like they're a stall mark but again like during recession property goes down they go down again so you just have to sort of diversify yourself know what industry is doing well what isn't and what's going to do well in future what isn't so like if you're looking at a fossil fuel company like 10-15 years they might not even be there so why buy shares in them now just like even at the moment 
like say in february i found a coal company that console coal resources they're doing quite well in the stock market they were talking about going back into renewable energy and stuff switching away from fossil fuels but that never meticulized and like if you're keeping up to keeping up with a company you're looking at the reports that's coming out with the company if you don't see the changes that you like like get rid of that company if you don't believe in it then like you know that's what i did and i was lucky i saw them at a good price i made a profit on them and i found a company that sort of invests in renewable energy which is the way which like the climate you know is, is as it is um renewable energy is going to be the future and like they're a company that i can see myself holding for at least 15 20 years without doubt so yeah they're my three tips um again it is a whole learning exercise like no one ever gets it right 100 percent of the time i've had bad trades majority of people that have made billions off stock market have had bad trades it's just all part of learning but i'd say like definitely expose yourself to everything you can but like the one thing is just to do your research because if not you'll fall out of love with it like you'll get take you'll lose money and you'll think joe it's not worth it anymore which for some people that's all right as well but joe it is important to like if you are looking to go into it just to fully understand it so yeah yeah 100 percent. and you know it's a very big field to get into so how do how does someone who has never even looked into stocks never do this is the first time they ever heard about the stock market for example what does that person do how does that person get involved with uh, trading so tra- where, where are the resources where do you go yeah so traditionally everyone that was interested in, in the stock market that was interested in making a few quid they went through a stockbroker now stockbroker is grand if you want to go through a stockbroker you can find them quick google search and you'll find plenty of stockbrokers especially in ireland that are willing if you invest your money with them they'll buy shares for you they'll tell you how that company is going every day and they'll they recommend when to sell when to buy etc but if you're wanting to miss out on commission if you're wanting to miss out on say their taxes and stuff there is an option nowadays especially with a few like companies that have emerged where they're given an online trading platform for people like you you can become effectively your own personal stockbroker for yourself so the the app that i use at the moment is called the giro so they're a dutch company um basically the attractive thing about them is they offer a lot of shares all over the world at very low prices so traditionally if you're using stockbroker you're going to be paying commission to them for their services and you're going to be paying i think it's like there's a few different taxes you pay through using stockbroker with the giro it's 50 cent per transaction for american shares so like even in that like the savings are huge there's no minimum buy clause like with stockbroker you might have to buy 1000 shares minimum with these guys you can buy one share if you wanted in a company and you can sort of like you have all the charts you have all the indices you have all the yields the minimum the minimum like buys and stuff like that like so you have everything there that you need to start trading and i think they they actually offer a virtual option as well if i'm not yeah, I think they get are, a practice, yeah. yeah, I think they offer mm. a virtual. Like, there's plenty of companies mm. like that, and plenty yeah. of apps offer a virtual trading like you know, option if you want it as well. So, find a good, like, find a good um, app on your phone that you can look into it. Find a good resource that's going to give you news in the company every day and give you the charts of how they're performing and 
Jolik, the world's your oyster then. Like, as we were saying earlier, Instagram, Google, they're mine, mine pits of information at the moment. Like, there's there's over, like, I think it's over a thousand pages at the moment to offer advice on stocks, to offer advice on Joe, high dividend stocks if you're wanting to make money every quarter, every month, whatever. Like, so do a search on Instagram, do a search on Google, follow as much pages as you can keep up to date as much as you can like sign up for every newsletter you can find and you're laughing then really like to be honest with you hmm. and i do like to ask this question uh what are you motivated by so there's a few different motivating factors that play into me whether it's career-wise or like family-wise whatever so number one motivating factor is my family and especially my mom and dad like they came from absolutely nothing and they've built their whole way up without any handouts or anything like that and like they've created a great life for themselves and for me and my brother as well so them two are always and will always will be my motivating factors second motivating factor as we were speaking earlier so when i was 17 and fifth year i went through anorexia and like mental health problems for i'd say it was a good nine months which eventually at the end of the year uh, i ended up in hospital for treatment for anorexia so it was at that point where like there was one point especially i remember in school one day where i sort of i got results of a blood test and if my blood sugar levels were like 0.1 percent or 0.1 lower than what they were my kidneys would have failed so that whole experience and stuff i remember the day i decided in the hospital that i was going to just get better and just never have this sort of thing again that is when like this the, the switch was flicked like you know seeing the effect that something so possessive of a person can have on your friends your family etc like during that period like i lost friends that i might never make up with again and like i totally know whose fault that was it's my fault just for being selfish like for my family especially like i'll never forgive myself for anything that i put them through like i remember as one of the first times i seen my dad crying where he was sitting in the sitting in the kitchen at home and i was down weighing myself again as i usually did every day seeing that i lose anything and joe like i was a skeleton of a human sort of thing and i remember going up and looking in he didn't know i was there and i saw him crying and i felt so so guilty and i just said to myself like if this is going to teach you anything if you can overcome something like this you can overcome absolutely anything so anytime i'm i'm sort of faced with something that scares me or something that like i might not have experienced before i say to myself remember where you were i remember how far you've come because if you can go from nearly dying effectively you can literally overcome anything so I use that every day and I'll use that every day in my life to get over stuff and motivate myself and make the best of a life I can for myself. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Wow. Yeah. Um, Kevin, how did you actually overcome these uh, challenges that you had? Because I'm sure it wasn't easy, like, yeah. just by listening to your story, like, well, like, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't easy. Yeah. What did you use to overcome those challenges? So during that period of time, I was very uh, extremely like against getting help and stuff like that. And do you think that's wrong though? Do you think oh, it is? Be, it's yeah. completely wrong. 
completely wrong. But then again, that's the illness, Joe. When you're in that mindset and you've you've yeah. one you've one thing in your mind you want to do, you'll listen to no one. So the things that helps me get over what I was facing was just literally listening to people. Like you know, like when you're going through something like that and everyone knows that you're going through something like that, everyone has an opinion, whether it be right or wrong. But if you're blocking those opinions out the whole time, you're getting nowhere because you're just telling yourself what you want to hear. Mm. So it was when I started listening to my to to like my family, my friends and what I should be doing, that's when I started overcoming stuff. Like even when I was in the hospital, like whether it was the doctors or the nurses are telling me what to do, I said, right, now's the time to just start listening if you want to get better and just listen to people. Like people, like, you know, today there's a misconception that people are out to get you. Like they, they only care about themselves. If you have people around you that care about you, they're always going to want the best for you. They will, simple as. And the difference is where do you choose to listen to that? And it might hurt sometimes where you think this option is not going in my favor. But if you go through it, I guarantee you, you'll come out 10 times better from it on the opposite side. So through listening to people, especially my family and friends, that's what helped me overcome this, like that period of time. And you know, I wouldn't be the person I am today without those opinions. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> And if you could give advice to a 16-year-old self, mm-hmm. uh, what advice would you give? I would say to myself, well, <laughs> I'd say to myself to not be afraid, not care what people think, and to impre- embrace every experience you get. Because at the end of the day, like in, se- in 70 years' time, like you're going to be 12 foot under. You're never going to experience stuff like this again, so... If I was to go back and change anything that I did, I definitely would change things. And I wouldn't change other things either because some of the stuff that Joe, we go through as people makes you the person that you are and what you become. So I, in one way, I wouldn't want to change anything. In another way, I would. But I just say to myself, just don't be selfish. Experience as much as you can. And the biggest thing is what I try to do the most now is give back give back to people because like people are great like, <laughs> no, they really yeah, are like yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. find some amazing people in your life and if you don't embrace that and you block yourself off you won't experience life so i definitely say to myself give back as much as you can so yeah <laughs> mm. and i'd also like to ask you uh, how to define mental health like what is good mental health so through my experiences of mental health and through meeting people especially with cycling and suicide who would have sort of experienced similar stuff good mental health i believe is being open to anything embracing challenges and i suppose just just enjoying life more so than anything. like people nowadays there's so much stress around joe college leave and start work people forget to enjoy themselves like you know like going out for a walk at the seaside can be one of the most enjoyable things ever so i suppose good mental health is just being clear of mind and just living the life you want to live like there's no point living by someone else's rules not not to say to disobey all the rules like there is like around like that but 
to live the life that you want and that you envision and not to let anyone sort of dampen what you want to do or who you want to become because like we've all had in the past where someone says oh you're never going to be that you're never going to do that you should go back to them and say why not like why, why can't i be an astronaut if i want like you know like if i'm motivated enough to get there and i enjoy getting there like why can't i joe simple as so i'd say to anyone that is looking to improve their mental health is to just focus on yourself and what makes you happy and whatever makes you happy and whatever road that's going to bring you down, you follow that road no matter who stands in the way. And that's when you will find happy mental health sort of thing. So, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I like the definition a lot. Yeah. Um, and how do you actually maintain good mental health? Like, what do you currently do? I, I know for myself, I I always try and meditate in the morning. I write down what I'm grateful for. I journal. I um, exercise all these things just to maintain a good state of mental health. Yeah. But I'm curious to know, like, how do you uh, maintain good mental health? Yeah. Because so, I think it's so important. Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. Like, I, I have a few very good techniques that I use. So, one is exercise. I would be absolutely nowhere without exercise because if you're not doing any exercise and you're feeling tired, that's because you're not doing any exercise. The endorphins that exercise releases, re- releases sorry, are, like, you can't get them in any other way. Oh, yeah so that's my main source of good mental health um another source is just through talking to people like i will talk to absolutely anyone anyone like if that wall talked i would talk back to it like simple as so anywhere i go um i try to talk to as much people as i can get their get their stories from them like you know what drives them what motivates them um and i I think like when you when you hear these stories and hear what people have been through themselves like it it makes you feel good like you know because you see that person in front of you now and you're like like well done like you know it's class to see that like it's absolutely brilliant like you know so that's another big thing and then finally i'd say i'd say reading to be honest with you like i find like whether it's a sense of achievement or what it is like when i finish a book like i'm like it's pretty cool like you know like like i think if you're trying to get on top of your mental health and you're trying to keep it at a at a at a good pace like i definitely say find something where you're going to give yourself a sense of achievement and like if you can achieve that sense of achievement on a daily basis or on a weekly basis like you'll be sorted like simple as yeah yeah I like to add on that when you said reading, um, it just a light bulb went off in my head. So I think, like as humans, we are just naturally t- drawn towards information. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, we have a lot of negative, you know, well, not negative. I, I guess we have like news, we have social media, we have so much information out there, and we all consume information one way or another. Um, but I think a lot of people tend to focus. Well, the news is actually very negative. Like if you open the news, it's extremely negative. And it can really make you depressed and shit. I don't know, but it's just not great. But like if you, like like you said, reading. Like I think if you focus, if you try and um, consume information that's positive, that's actually good for you, you're gonna, what am I trying to say? You're, you're gonna you're gonna get your need for information. Yeah. Um, but if you're just scrolling through Instagram, like that is information, but I don't, know if, I don't know if it's good for you. I don't know if it's good for your mental health. Yeah. So I like the way you said reading because I think that's huge. Yeah. Huge. Like the, the majority of the time, like especially newspapers, like they're not paid to put good news stories in yeah. it. 
they want to find the stuff that's going to cause people to go Jesus yeah, yeah, what the yeah. hell like Joe so like if you can stay away from stuff like that do but like Joe we're humans as well like so like you're not going to be able to completely avoid it but like if you can stay away from bad news stories and stuff like that definitely do Instagram in itself like I, I know a lot of there's people, good and bad yeah Instagram. like a lot like, like there is great resources available on Instagram there's bad as well like I know from my own research and stuff a lot of mental health difficulties in the 16 to 26 age group are caused by instagram especially from it from like joe people that are like flaunting their wealth and stuff and like joe like some someone say that doesn't have a good upbringing and they might not be in like a really like joe like a, a wealthy household right and like they're seeing these guys that are their age and they're like going on joe 20 grand holidays and stuff and doing all this stuff and they're thinking like like what am I doing wrong? Like, Joe, like I'm I'm going through school, going through college, like, but these guys are my age. Like, what am I doing wrong? And like that's happened to me. Like I've often looked at people on Instagram and said, like this guy is the same age as me. Like he's he's making like fifty grand a year just like on his side business or whatever. Like why why am I not doing that? Like am I not working hard enough? Am I not doing enough college work? Am I not doing enough stuff on the side, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? But like. Like these these pages, they're great to follow and they're great to look at. But like, don't try to compare that to your own life. Like you know, like make your own life. That's someone's life. You just make your own life. It's cool to look at them, but like at the end of the day, it's not to be all end all. Like you know, so yeah, yeah. Like I think yeah, I think it's good to like just have an inspiration. But like, don't don't go out there comparing yourself to yeah. this person, um, because there's just literally no point. And I also think like happiness is literally the absence of desire yeah so like you're just happy where you are like okay fine i'm i'm in this place just accept it and mm. move on make a plan to get to where you want to be because a lot of times you look at all these instagram pages and you're like oh yeah i wish i was there oh i wish i had this ferrari oh i wish i was in this holiday but then do you really want that like do you yeah. genuinely want that are you just doing it because you just fear of missing out i guess yeah um, you know i think that's a good point you yeah made. definitely because like you hear from the majority of celebrities like money does not equal happiness oh, yeah. like you can have as many cars as you want the biggest house you want that doesn't mean you're actually happy like money yeah. money at the, at, at the end of the day is just paper mm. now it's digital you can't even see it like you know so i think focusing on your own happiness and achieving what you want to as a person is more beneficial than seeking out what's the most money i can make because if you're good at something money will be there anyway for you you know so just Find what you want to do. Follow your passion, guys. Follow your that's passion. It, exactly. That's the name <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's basically it. Like you know. So yeah. Oh, actually, I like to say this on on passion. Um, I think like you don't necessarily find your passion just instantly. I think it just happens when you try different things. So like, try as many th- things as possible, and you're not supposed to have your passion figured out. Like, just try many different things and see what you like best. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I definitely I agree with that because, like, even as regards, like, careers and stuff, like, like if you can do, like, if you're in, like, a, a degree, like, commerce, mm. if you can get, like, an internship over your four years in four different companies, like, do it. Yeah. Like, you might love one company. You might go to another one and say, geez, this is even better than the last place. You might go to another one and say, geez i never want to work there like you know so like take as much opportunity as you can because like the opportunities available to us here in ireland especially at our age like like we're the top like the youth today are the top one percent of like 
anyone in this country that has, that has ever been like we have so many opportunities available to us like if you look 30 years ago like people our age like would look at the opportunities we were getting and they'd say like i don't believe that that's definitely a scam like the opportunities we have to go into like graduate jobs at wages that are like so far above the rest of europe like we're just so lucky and i think that everyone should have in their mind for the four years of college to just get as much out of the four years as you can to make sure that like you're enjoying yourself but like you're going to be set up as well when you get out like so Mm. and you mentioned uh the cycle against suicide could you tell us about that and what was your involvement cycle against suicide because i remember in school you were doing it all the time but i never actually knew what you did so could you just give us some context and what you did and you know so yeah so basically my involvement with the cycle and suicide started when i was actually going through the whole anorexia period so i saw the site i knew like one of my good friends like kevin barney like he's been involved psych and suicide for like since his foundation early this stage like kevin's just he's so involved with it like and he's just so good for mental health in ireland in general so kev is one of my best friends and through him i got involved psych and suicide so i did the first cycle and i remember on that cycle we cycled from Tarlis and Tipperary all the way up to Port Leash and it was the worst conditions for cycling you will ever see like it was hailstones it, the rain was battering down but the people mm. that I met on that cycle that yeah like some people that I met on that one woman I met I cycled beside her and she had lost three sons to suicide and I, I like I remember when she said that to me and I remembered I sort of looked into myself and I said, like, I don't ever want to put my mother through that. Mm. And I said to myself at the end of that cycle, I said, I want to be involved in this organization. It's doing such a monumental amount for the young people of Ireland. So basically after that cycle, I kept in contact with the guys. I got involved in everything that went on. Like one of our daughter student leaders, Jesse Classy. She's organized a sale against suicide for the last, I think it's, I think this year was in its fourth year. Um, yeah, it is its fourth year, actually, I think. But she organized a sale against suicide. So we had these little events like that. Joe, we keep the cycle going. Um, we had a spin-off in Wexford there the year after, yeah, when I was in sixth year. So basically what we do on them type things, like, we just try to spread the message of good mental health. Like, we... We create a really happy environment. We get people to talk. We, um, if anyone's going through any difficulties, there'll always be a counselor there if they want to talk to it. And like, you will be surprised. Like, on the cycle, like the years I've been involved with it, like the amount of people that have said through talking to just other people on the cycle, they've said, right, I, I just want to get help. I want to talk to someone about what's going on in my mind. Like the numbers of people are crazy and like people's lives have been turned around by it like my life was turned around by it i won't lie like i've made so many good connections in the cycle against suicide and like it's just it's it's just one of those organizations that you never want to see an end to um mm. they do phenomenal work and like like the likes of the cycle have like helped in creating organizations such as like ask back in Wexford, which are doing great things for mental health as well like so i think the runoff from events like these like they're they're absolutely crucial to making sure that like we don't abandon mm. the cause in general because like 
you know yourself like wexford like where we come from is like it has one of the highest suicide rates in the country unfortunately like and like the difference like organizations like that have made has cut that number like a, a serious percentage since the start but like so like i always look at volunteering as like you can't get any bad over like you know it's only gonna be good like so it's definitely good to get involved in organizations like that like so i haven't looked back definitely haven't looked back on it yeah so and going on a slightly different topic um how did you get involved with the internship you're doing now yeah so basically since my first year in college i'm someone that varies much is like i'm so future focused so i knew going into my first year of college that these are the companies that people from this degree hire from i want to get in there so first second year college i applied to every internship i could obviously internships they're sort of like they're sort of aimed at penultimate year students so those are going into their final year so i didn't get them the first and second year um i'd say my third year applying the majority of people saw my name again they were like jesus come on we might as well just give this guy an interview like he he applies <laughs> so much he likes everything on instagram so eventually i got an interview for kpmg i actually got the interview for kpmg while i was in irish life so i remember looking at the email that morning and it was one of those it was one of those um <laughs> those experiences i have where i'm like shit what do i do <laughs> do i go do i take a day off work or do i stay in work or what do i do so i think in them instances you should just follow your gut which i eventually did got the interview um went to the interview and i was just myself like you know like a lot of people go into interviews and they have something written out that they're going to say and stuff if you want to get a job in a place go in and just be yourself like talk to whoever you're talking to as a normal person because that's what they want at the end of the day so I went into my interview and it was actually a guy from Wexford that was interviewing me. <laughs> so obviously I started talking about hurling and football and how we used to play hurling football. That was grand. We were chatting for about 15, 20 minutes. Joe touched on the college stuff like, John, your grade's good. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. And I think it was like, I think it was like two weeks later, I got the email saying you'd been offered a place. So initially I was offered a place in the audit department and then i think it was a month later i was offered a place in the advisory department which was my number one choice that's what i wanted so obviously naturally enough i took that um went into kpmg then for the summer and i absolutely loved every second of it like you know i was with irish life for five months really enjoyed that went into kpmg and then 10 weeks like they just they just told me what i wanted to do after college like and that's to be honest with you that's what i wanted to do over like from january to september i wanted to find what sector i wanted to work in i didn't care how much exposure i didn't care what i was doing i wanted to get experience so when i was applying to like kpmg i was applying to pwc Deloitte, apple microsoft google everyone when i accepted the kpmg job I got a call the next week saying, you've got Google if you want. Day after that, got an email saying, you've got Microsoft if you want. Now, if I hadn't accepted KPMG, I could have accepted either or. Like, Microsoft, Google are huge companies. Like, they're absolutely massive companies. But, like, what I was feeling at that moment was, this is going to be right for me. And to be honest with you, if I could go back, I would not change that decision because I found exactly what I wanted to do for my grad program if I get 
fingers crossed and thereafter like so i think in situations where you're looking for an internship with the possibility of getting a grad program whatever just do what you feel is right like it doesn't matter how much revenue that company brings in every year it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter like what people in their work and say you have to experience it like and experience trumps everything you know so yeah hmm and how do you approach a uh, work-life balance so i use i have this technique that i have that it's called the driving technique so when i feel like that i am going too hard in work i try on the break and i say kev you're going too much of this just take a little break walk outside for five minutes get a bit of air then go back in after so that's the sort of thing that i approach especially with college when i'm in college and i'm studying and i might be so like there's no point going into a library and studying for 15 hours and aim to sleep for 15 hours because that's not going to happen yeah if you have a set plan where you go in you say right i'm going to do an hour of this thing i'm going to go out for a walk do another hour i'm going to talk to my mates then for 15 minutes like you get so much more work done like that than just closing everyone off and saying right i'm getting this done simple as don't care who's coming because like you like you're human you need interaction with people like so i definitely say to achieve a work-life balance remember that there is something there apart from work because like at the end of the day like we're here to enjoy our lives work is a fundamental part of our lives you have to get paid in some way but like don't be afraid to go off five ten minutes and chat to someone like you're gonna get your work done if you're a hard working person so for work-life balance definitely just just be just be sensible about it like you know, no one's going to go into the gym or for you know, nine hours and train mm-hmm. like a madman like you know so you need to just find your own balance but make sure you're getting your stuff done as well so and mm. i'm curious to know um who had the biggest impact on your life like who influenced your life the most right so the biggest impact on my life is yeah <laughs> I try to think of anyone else, but like it has to be my dad. Like he came from absolutely not, and I know it's it, like a lot of people say it's their parents, but like in fairness, like this man has been through everything, like absolutely everything. He came out of school after leaving, sir. Wanted to teach, didn't have money there for teaching, so he got into carpentry, got his trade, worked his way up. We were kids then. I was a kid actually. He had his own business, um, did really well that for a while found another business then that i went into as project manager obviously like he always has me my brother and my mom as his number one priority that's the thing that i absolutely love is him like he's the most selfless person there is he like he will work 24 hours a day to provide for us and that's that's why i have in myself that's what drives me so he went from owning his own business to a different company worked in that company and then at night time while he's in a company went back to school so what he did he did his four years of college, got his degree. He did a a post grad, and then he did his masters, all off his own back, no handouts, no none. And that's the way his life has been through. And seeing that man's work ethic the whole way through, it's hard not to have that rub off you in some way. So like, even my mom got sick when we were, I was, I think I was fourteen, and my brother would have been eleven. And even during that time, like, like, call us selfish in one way, but like. My dad knew, right, his wife was sick. That was enough emotional trauma on himself. But he has two boys there to provide for as well. So I remember exactly, we used to go for school. He'd be out the door at half six. 
me and my brother would get ourselves ready and get on the bus. We'd come home from school, dinner would be there, be down, help my mum out and stuff like that. And he wouldn't get back till 11 or half 11 every night because he's out, he was working three, three jobs at one time. You know, and that's, like, your parents are always going to be your biggest influence whether you like it or not. And seeing that man do what he has done, it, it will always, like, it'll always make me question myself and say, look, you're you're doing enough here, you're not doing enough here. You remember what your father put you through, or not put me through, you, you remember what your father put himself through to provide the best life for yourself cop on and get on with it like John. that's you can see that exactly my brother is out like he will work like he'll be up at like half five to go work in in a kitchen and he's only he's only turned 18 like you know that's the type of work ethics that's been instilled in us and like joe he's just he's just a phenomenal human like he's been through so much and he's come out like i've, I've never seen my dad down or like negative right he's always so positive he's also bubbly and like to have that there is just it's phenomenal and same my mom as well like like the two of them they play off each other to help each, help each other out and so much and that has shown to me and my brother like this is what hard-working people are like and this is what we are aiming towards and i guarantee you dom i'll be here in 15 20 years time and i'll be a second to that man out there like joe so yeah, that's my motivating factor. And he's a person I, I always looked up to, whether he's two, three years old, or whether I'm 21 years old, or 30, or 40, 50 years old, I'll always look up to him. So he's definitely the most influential person in my life, whether I like it or not. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I love it's the crazy. way it's your dad and you're yeah. like, no, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I would do absolutely anything for him, my mom, anything, not about her. So like their, like their influence has been absolutely phenomenal. So it's brilliant. It's class. Mm, well mm-hmm. and kevin where do you see yourself in five years time so where you like i'm a very future focused person okay very future focused so five years time i know in my heart and soul i will be working in the department that i want to work in in the company that i want to work in and i don't care what i have to do to get there i will get there so that's where i see myself in five years time in those five years i can see myself traveling a good bit meeting a lot of new people and experiencing just everything I can experience because at this age, like we're like we're right at the like edge of the table. Like we're twenty one, twenty two years old. We're going from our last year of full time education to officially adulting as they say, like Joe. So like that year, like like you're gonna be working the rest of your life. This year now it's important to knuckle down, but you have to experience everything you can as a 21 22 year old in this so like i know myself that over this next year i'm going to do absolutely everything that i've ever wanted to i'm going to read as much as i can i'll I'll do sports i've never done before like i'll meet as much people as i can i'll create as much memories as i can and i'll keep doing that (laughs) whether i'm still a college student or whether i'm a full-time working professional i'm going to keep doing that hmm and I'm curious to know what made you like um like what made you discover yourself? What made you find out, okay, this is the career I want to get into? I know you said the department you went to, but I'm sure it happened before that. Yeah. So like what what gave you the initial um motivation to do the course you're doing and then eventually leading up to the department and company you weren't working? Yeah. So basically I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And the decisions that you make will always like have a knock on effect. Mm. So 
choosing my course, uh, commerce Italian course. My mom used to work in Italy. She absolutely loves Italy. We used to go there when we were younger. Like, we went there once or twice when we were younger. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the people. I loved the language. I loved the style of life. So I said, I want that. But I want. I know I want to work in business. Because it's always fascinated me, the world of business. Like, like these guys are dealing with billions of euro dollars every day. Like, I just find something like that exciting. Like, I love a, a, a high-paced job. So I said, I want to go into something where I can incorporate the language, see a bit of Italy, and the business as well. So I ended up getting Commerce with Italian in the UCC. And it was only through sort of, like, like I don't know any first year, really, within, like, a college like that that goes to a career fair for a postgraduate job. But the first chance I got I, I started going to them fairs and I started looking at the companies and what they do and stuff and it was through research like that like I did with reading that I found out what these companies do what they stand for and what job you'd be doing in that so it's just basically through research throughout the three four years that I found a company that I really liked I really liked their values I really liked their people um and I decided I want to work there so I applied then and that was pretty much it and all going well I'll be there for as long as I can. Hmm. You know, so. Hmm. And if you could have dinner with someone, uh, anyone, uh, who I like this w- question. <laughs> what, would, what would that person be? So, if I could have dinner with anyone, I'd probably say Barack Obama because, oh, okay, yeah, it's not like one of those ones where it's like a a celebrity that died like seventy years ago. But like, I I really like like Barack Obama reminds me of my father. He works extremely hard. He doesn't put himself first. And he knows exactly what he wants to achieve. And he achieves it. So if I could sit down with that man for an hour. And just go through his brain. And see what, what makes a function. I'd love to. Like I, I find that being a genuine good person. Is what trumps all. And like if you're that type of person. You're going to get on well. Like so. Definitely him. Hmm. And what would you say are the three biggest lessons that you learned uh, through your life? I know you're only 21, but like you obviously learned a yep. thing or two. I so like, what are the three biggest lessons that you learned? Yeah, so typically I find that people learn the biggest lessons of their lives within their first 20 years from people I've talked to that are... Like, I've talked to people that are my age, and I've talked to people as old as, like, 93. Like, my grandmother was 93 when she died. And she always said, these first 20 years when you're experiencing everything, when, you've, when you're when you not tied down by anything, that's when you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn lessons from it. So I think in my 20 years, the lessons that I've learned that have stood to me and will continue to stand to me are, number one, your opinion on yourself is one that counts. So there's going to be plenty of people that are out there that are going to be saying, you're not good enough for this, you're not good enough for that. If you feel you're good enough for something, you're going to be. So the number one lesson is to always believe in yourself. Don't listen to anyone who thinks. Second lesson is to, is probably underestimating yourself. So I'm someone that, especially even recently, I've underestimated myself, saying that not good enough for that, um, I can't do that, etc., etc. If you want to do something, you'll be able to. So yeah, that'd be my second lesson that I've learned. And the third one that I've learned is that 
third lesson I've learned is probably that experiences are probably the most valuable part of life that you'll ever experience. So traveling, like different seeing, seeing different cultures, that's probably the best lesson you will ever learn. Like no matter how many lectures you go to on like, I don't know, the, the Chinese culture, you're never going to experience that unless you're over in that country. And like, I think even the time we went to China with like the school, like, like that opened my eyes. Like, you know, I thought it was like absolutely phenomenal to see the way another culture lived and like every every piece of travel I've based myself on since then has just been to learn like you know so they're my three Kevin look it was a pleasure uh, before we finish up is there any ending that I didn't ask you ending that you were like oh damn I wish you Dom asked me this question but you didn't so is there ending out there no I think you're after hitting the nail on the head and I just want to add at the end like I think what you're doing Dom is absolutely fantastic it's great to see someone like that joe i grew up with doing something like this mm. going out there doing something different like it's always nice to see lads that you know doing well for themselves so all i want to say is just keep doing what you're doing you're doing a fantastic job and just keep believing in yourself man because you'll get there no bother so thanks <laughs> very much look, for having me on thank you so much for coming on really appreciate it my pleasure my pleasure man thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it you can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoyed the episode.